Hey guys, hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving last week. I sure did. Now we're all back at it. I'm back at work listening to podcasts. <laughs> this week I have Brenda Jackson and Jaren Navanma on the show with me. Brenda and Jaren are both uh, actors, kind of just working their way up the grind in the Phoenix theater scene. And I really thought this would be a good time to speak with them because they are putting up their own production of a musical. Uh, and that is really <laughs> such an embodiment of what I try to look for in this this podcast. People, you know, finding their own opportunities and, and uh, you know, making their way through the system however they see fit. And that's super exciting to me. Uh, they had a lot of cool stuff to share about um, exploring this opportunity and kind of how they found themselves, you know, uh, putting this on together. So I think that you guys will enjoy it. Sleep off that turkey, get back to work, and enjoy Brenda Jackson and Jaren Navanma. Welcome back to Starving Artist Phoenix. I'm Tony Machetti, and I've got Brenda Jackson and Jaren Navanma on the show with me. How you guys doing? Very Pretty good. good. <laughs> We're good. We're good. How are you, We've been rehearsing that for hours yes. before we started <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Didn't quite get it. Um, I'm great. Thanks for asking. I'm very excited to have you guys here because, um, Brenda, I knew you in college. Mm -hmm. um, Jaren, I've seen you and stuff. I saw you in Blacklusters. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just saw on Facebook that you guys are producing your own show, so I really wanted to get you guys on now while the timing was right before you didn't have any time to talk to me um, <laughs> so but I before we get to that I do want to kind of go back a little bit and just talk a little bit about how you guys both kind of came into acting so whoever wants to start just kind of how did you stumble into acting and, uh, and what have you been up to since before this I'll go yeah <laughs> all right so I started doing theater in high school uh, somebody told me hey you're in choir why don't you go out for the spring musical and I was like I mean I guess, I'm, I'm really just a choir person. So I went out for it and it was a good man, Charlie Brown. Very fun show. I was Peppermint Patty, it was nice. the best. And- How did you get into choir, sorry? How did I get into choir? Well, I've been singing for years, since I was like 11 years old. Started taking professional lessons about around then and just kind of was like, I want to take choir, I want to continue this. So the choir led into the theater and I fell in love with theater immediately when I was doing that show because it was just like, it created this new family, this new feel that I'd never experienced before. And I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So uh, I continued with that for the rest of my time in high school. Got into every musical there on out. Then I continued my education in college at NAU where I was a performance major. They, well, theater performance major, whatever we called it. Yeah. <laughs> and just been keeping on, keeping on since I graduated. So when you graduated, did you transition immediately into auditioning professionally and like locally? Absolutely. Yeah. As soon as I graduated, I already had sent out my res resume and application to like four different auditions that were happening. And within a month, I was cast in a production of Evita over at what what is now not for or is now formerly known as Tuscany Theater Company. Unfortunately, they're no longer in business, but it was a small theater company in Gilbert. And I met a lot of new people through there and just 
kept on going since then. No kidding. I was just over in that plaza like a couple weeks ago, and I swear they were getting out of a show. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, AYT still does some stuff over there, but, you know, it's kind of where everybody did their theater stuff. Gotcha. Good to know. Okay. How about you, Jan? How did you get into acting? Well, I mean, ever since I was like a child, I just remember enjoying... Not necessarily performing. Well, I guess performing. Not for myself. I like. I was. I had a very active imagination as a child, and I never. But I also never had the a disillusionment that whatever I was seeing on TV, like the shows and that kinds of stuff, were was like a real thing. I always knew that they were actors, and I was like, "This is a great way to live. I want to do that." <laughs> and I mean, it's I school plays obviously, like when you're a child, and then never really did anything with it. Until my junior year of high school, where someone was just like, hey, you should do the show. And I was just like, I have time. Why not? <laughs> so that's interesting. You guys were both suggested into doing it. That's, that's an interesting connection. So yeah. she did it through choir. What was it about you that somebody saw that, that said you should do an act? I honestly have no idea. I just had a, I really, I just, it out. <laughs> yeah, I just had a lot of friends that were in theater. I just kind of kept myself around artsy types. As growing up, so I think that's what happened when I moved to back here to Phoenix from New York. So I was while I was going to school, someone I had a lot of friends who were, happened to be in theater, and they suggested that I just do the show because they needed bodies for one. Second, they they were the people that saw how eccentric that I can get. <laughs> so they were just like, "Why don't you do this?" And I did it. And after probably that first performance, I really just fell in love with everything about it and felt and just kind of gained that sense of wonderment that I had as a child about performing. So that's that's another similarity you guys have in that you both said it was your first performance like actual performance that kind of made it click for you. So I mean what do you feel like it is that made it work for you? How did you know? Uh, for me it was multiple things. It was the fact that we were putting on a show that we had worked so hard to make perfect for you know friends, family, even strangers and they all appreciated that form of art. And then, again, for me, it was the familial aspect. You meet all these really cool people doing these shows, and you get so tight-knit, just, like, being around each other for four hours for five days a week. And, you know, you you get connected to these people in a way that you normally would never have the opportunity to. And usually you keep in touch with them for the rest of your life, you know, if you like them enough. <laughs> But yeah, it was it, it's multiple things, but there's there's just this feel and that feel that I got, I followed it just without question. I mean, for me the entire rehearsal process was just goofing around. <laughs> <laughs> whenever I was rehearsing, you know, I would be messing around with friends backstage and whenever I was on stage, it was still me just goofing around but with just suggestions <laughs> at that point. But it wasn't until like that first night of performing where there are people out there and you know you're doing this thing and then you realize that you're actually in it people are watching you and you're still having fun with it like it's terrifying but it's also just exhilarating just knowing that there are these eyes on you while you're having fun and people are enjoying it and that's something I just kind of fell in love with and I just kept chasing that rush as I continued out through high school you know I wanted to be in every production after after that point and I was pretty much was at that point afterwards at least through high school and then it was after high school that um I took a break for about three years and then I started auditioning places I auditioned two places and the second one is when I got cast in something and that was a theater that I stayed at for 
three, three, almost four years now. And I just kept doing that. <laughs> That's excellent. Now, you guys both kind of, again, bringing up like the idea of the rush of like being in front of the audience and stuff is being a big part of it. Kind of a heavy question, I guess, early on to it, but that whole relationship kind of fascinates me, the idea of like the actor and the audience. You, you said you really liked the idea that somebody was watching you and enjoying it and stuff. Do you feel like as an actor, you owe anything to an audience? You owe them a good time. You owe them, I guess, their money's worth. They came to see a lively production and something to take them away from their day-to-day -day lives, even if it is for only two hours. But that's all, that's all I feel that you owe to the audience as an actor, is just, you're here, we're going to put on a show for you, we hope you like it. Everything else is what you want to bring to the table. I feel you owe them your artistry. You know, you look at every medium of art and it's for everyone. It's not just, ultimately it's also for yourself, but like it's for everyone, whether it's painting or it's singing or anything like that. It's, it's to share with people. It's to share with the world who it, it takes them, like Brenna said, out of their day-to-day -day lives. You get them, give them at release, and you know, that's why people go to movies and go to museums and all that kinds of stuff. So I feel like it's, it's just our service that we provide whenever we perform, you know, those who are brave enough to do that. Okay. Flip side of that, what do you feel like you take from an audience then, if you're giving them that service? That's a question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like, I mean, do you feel like you, you are trying to get anything from an audience or are you just up there for yourself enjoying yourself? For me, mostly it's me having a good time um, and me to present the art that we've created. Usually when it's something like, you know, Little Mary Sunshine, you're, you're just like here emanating like happiness for the audience and they're like, oh, this is great and swaying along to the music. That's some productions. Uh, and then there are productions like Blacklisters where, you know, people die and some people may walk out being like, oh, that was very gory. That was not <laughs> what I expected to happen. And really, we're just here like, well, you know, this is what we presented to the table and we don't really care if you like it. It's our art. It's our truth. And here it is. <laughs> oh man, I had something and then my brain just decided to <laughs> crap out on me. No, I, th I feel that... Um, I guess yeah. just to kind of rephrase, do you feel like you are there for the audience in any way? Or are you, when you're out there, are you trying to get anything from them or are you just there enjoying yourself? I mean, I feel like ultimately it's for yourself, you know? It's whatever this, especially if it's something that you're doing, that you made this clear conscious decision that, you know, this is going to be my art. Like you, like you would with painting or anything like that. Theater, I always feel like it's a little different because you are performing in front of an audience and that, you know, you audition for roles and sometimes you're giving roles you're not always expected to do. That I think that, you know, what you take away from the audience is what you feel that you can bring to the table. You know, sometimes it's a message, sometimes it's just the sheer enjoyment of doing whatever it is. In a way, I guess I, guess I just feel it's some kind of recognition or admiration for doing what you do at the end of the day you, you know you're doing it for yourself but it's always nice to feel that kind of did it and people enjoyed it so it's kind of like i don't need you to like it but you like it don't a you little, like, a little <laughs> pat on the back is yeah. nice they, we don't mind that no. <laughs> nice. uh, so brennan you, you've said music was a factor for you from the beginning as so when did you start incorporating music into your acting career Jack? music is a part of who i am i'm native american and you know all of our all of our ceremonies involved singing and dancing and all that kinds of stuff so there's i've always had a sense of a certain sense of musicality and it wasn't until 
until that first production that I actually really got into musicals. So was your first production a musical as well then? You didn't mention. No. <laughs> it was my second performance. Huh? First thing I did was just like a little offstage thing. I think we did Clue. Oh, it was like Clue and I was like a, I was just an extra in that. But it wasn't until the second one where I got like a lead in that show that I was just like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> you know, you enjoy the corny jauntiness of everything. Because I, what did I do? Uh, I was Scarecrow in The Wiz. Oh. Yeah. I was tall and I was lanky and it worked out. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I don't know. I've always, I've always been open to new experiences and new things. So I think that's just another thing that I've added to what I enjoy about life. Were you taking any kind of formal training for your voice at that time, or was it all just kind of a natural thing? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, I'm the type of person that kind of jumps into a thing, and if it happens, it happens if I'm good at it. If if I'm decent at it, it's something that I will work harder to be better at. So I just kind of, I guess I just had a natural talent for it. I don't know. I, I'm not a judge for that. <laughs> That's an interesting thing because, uh, I mean, you guys are both coming to the table and from different backgrounds. But it seems like you've gotten a lot more like formal knowledge, formal education and stuff behind yours. And you're coming to it from more just, I guess, experiencing firsthand when you can type of thing. So do you feel like there is like a time and a place for formal education? How far do you feel like it can take you? We'll see. For some people, it comes naturally. <laughs> Um, not myself. Oh God, no. <laughs> some people it comes naturally. Some people you, you know, take the time to get better at it. It just really all depends on what you start out with, where you want to be. I I do I do encourage formal training. I very much encourage it. Coming from a background where I never I've not had much of any at all for it. Most of the time I just kind of wing it. But I mean, usually if. If I have the chance to train, I'll do it. Uh, if I don't, I will spend. I will take my time to learn how to do these things. And I'm lucky enough to have such artistic people around that they're willing to give pointers and they're willing to add, give some kind of encouragement to you know benefit me in some way when it comes to this. So okay, so you guys have both experienced theater and and you're you're kind of getting out into the professional world a little bit now. So Brenda, I know you've done not only Tuscany, but you've done some desert stages too. Is that right? Um, well, not desert who am I stages. Of? Um, I did I did Tuscany theater, Tuscany theater again. I did uh, SMTC. I did uh, Brelby Theater Company, and um, I recently added theater works to my list of stuff. Yeah. So I've, I've kind of hopped around everywhere. Yeah. Okay. So, but you guys both ended up working with Brelby for a, a, a more than one show, right? You guys have both kind of floated around a little bit, right? Like we, we knew each other, you know, we met each other like a year before we were actually casting a show together. Blacklisters was our only show that we've ever done together, right. but we really just like bonded through that show and here we are. Yeah. So what, what brought you both like individually to Brelby? What made you stay and try to continue auditioning with for their show? Um, for me, it was, Brailby is the only theater that I've ever really gotten to work with a lot. I owe them my thanks and my gratitude for all the experience that I've gained from working with them for almost three years now. You know, it's where I learned a lot of the thing. It's where I've learned just about everything that I know about theater at this point. I've just always enjoyed their scrappiness (laughs) as a theater company. The fact that they like to do new works and they like to showcase local artists, it's something that I've really enjoyed about working with them you know it's giving me the chance to learn more about this craft from a very 
from the very beginnings of an idea. It's, 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 it's really interesting to see, you know, the evolution of a show from the very beginning to the very end product where it possibly just continues on. That's what has kept me at Railby and doing the things that I do with them. I first met Brian and Shelby, the, the Brelby of Brelby Theatre Company, right after I finished show over at Scottsdale Musical Theatre Company. One of my castmates had done stuff with Brelby before and formally introduced me to them. And when they said, oh, you went to NAU? We went to NAU. And I was like, what? So they encouraged me to come out and audition for their next show, which was After Hours at Rosie's Pub. And I did, and I felt really bad because I had a conflict with the actual audition date. So I was like, is there a way that we can really come and want to come and audition for you? And like, they worked around that though. And then there was a conflict with callbacks and I was like, can you please work around this? And they were like, yes, of course. I was like just lucky enough to get cast in the show. And it was an amazing experience for me. And that's what keeps me coming back to Broadway Theatre Company. Not only because there was that initial, you know, collegiate bond, but also because they put on great original shows. And I've done four shows with them now. And each time it's been an amazing experience. And the work that they do, it's just phenomenal that they can take a tiny little idea and make it into a big old production whether it's from one original writer, whether it's from a circle of writers. Yeah, that's that's why I stuck with them. I like what they do. Nice. I really do. Could have just said that. Well, um, no, that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, what I think is interesting, too, is that since you guys have, have kind of stuck with them since early on in your, your kind of professional careers, then you've both evolved through the ranks as to what kind of roles you're getting, too. So it seems like you're kind of starting off with like the ensemble roles and getting more and more into the lead ones as you go along. So how has that growth been like for you guys to develop more and more of a spotlight on you as you're, as you're going along in this company? It is quite interesting. <laughs> I don't hate it, first of all. <laughs> just flipped her hair so hard. <laughs> no, no. In all honesty, the recognition is great, but also the amount of work that you do when you are given bigger roles than you did before, it's very challenging. And I love the challenge. And I'm so flattered, actually, that I've gotten to experience that getting higher in the ranks kind of thing. I mean, for me, I just, I, I really like just doing things for art, not to sound pretentious or anything, you know. Um, I mean, I'm working with someone who just flipped her hair so hard that her neck spun around. Um, I mean, to be fair, you, you did do the equivalent where you, you pushed your glasses. I feel like that's like the, the like male intellectual, like, player flip. I did it for the art. <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to see. <laughs> Is there something wrong with that? No. <laughs> so, so have you noticed a difference, I guess? Maybe your confidence going into a production more and more as you go along, now that you're getting kind of these bigger parts, or is it always kind of the same level of nerves? Uh, oh, I always go in with nerves. <laughs> Those never go away. That just comes from a lifetime of awkwardness. <laughs> but, I don't know, I, it, you know, it's always either less or more work, or less or more work in just certain areas, and so I just, I, I like to just focus on that for the most part. Okay, so so how do you deal with those kind of apprehensions and stuff, especially with the project that you guys are going to be going into that we're going to be talking a lot about? So, I mean, obviously there's got to be some apprehension involved in that where there's going to be a lot of stuff on your shoulders. So how do you, as a performer, deal with that? For me, you just take a lot of time to do stress. <laughs> it's already been kind of stressful just with the whole production aspect of the show, so a lot of the times I find myself locking myself in my room and just watching five hours of Netflix just to like, you know, de-stress and just calm the heck down. Everything's going to be okay kind of thing. It's great so far. 
usually the stress doesn't come until like the performance is about to happen. That was a really loud truck. <laughs> oh my goodness. What? No, because a lot of my stress comes a little bit closer to the actual performance. And at that point, I just have little rituals and little things that I like to do that tend to calm me. But for this, this show is just stressful in of itself. It's a beast of a show. And I knew that going in. <laughs> So every so often, I just happen to externally, I think about everything, and I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> At that point, I make more art. <laughs> I, like to, I like to draw and do all these other kinds of stuff to calm myself, and so that's a lot of what I do. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I can definitely do this. Exactly, it's, yeah. It's like, I'm going to do something within my control in this <laughs> right. moment. Make me feel like I have something in this small corner of existence. So let's let's talk about this the show then. So you guys are going to be doing the last five years. So what was the genesis of this? Now that you guys have been working in the city for a while, like how did you decide that this was the time to do it? Well, here's the whole story. So while we were doing Blacklisters, one day me and Jaren were just like, you know, sharing our favorite bands, sharing our favorite musicals, and we started talking about the last five years. And I'm like, that's literally my favorite <laughs> show in the entire world. And he's like, me too. I said, what I wouldn't give to one day play Kathy Hyatt. That's one of my dream roles. And Jamie's one of his dream roles. And I was like, man, if only people actually did that show anymore. Because it's a two-person show. If you're going to cast for it, you're probably going to cast in in with your crowd of friends, uh, in with people that you already know. So it's very, it's very slim that you would bring in an outsider to come and do that show. And so Jaren says, well, we know enough people to actually put it on why don't we just put it on ourselves and I'm like do you think we could do that and he's like I think we could do that so we just kind of like found a way to do it yeah. so, so what did that actually look like what was that process talking to the people that we trusted to help us mount this production for or for us it's our friend Travis Bovard who's an amazing director I've worked with him a couple of different times and you know watched him perform and he's just he's very great he has a, a great idea for th- everything basically <laughs> i i would trust that man with my life and then cj o'hara who is very prolific around the valley he's a he's our musical director and he's one of the few people that we know that have has such an admiration for this show that we're just like okay we need you on board so the reason i kind of ask him to focus on this is that i feel like this is very much like the epitome of of what i try to get at with this podcast is just the idea of creating your own opportunities mm-hmm. and so i think that's like a really great thing that you guys are doing and so I, I am very curious about the tangible details of it so I mean when it comes to not just finding the people but finding like the place you know putting the, the actual kind of production together how did you guys tackle that? We emailed a couple of theaters around the valley that you know are known for doing independent works or like you know smaller spaces also places that are within our budget that was also a thing we were looking at and we were lucky enough to find the Sixth Sense Theater who had an opening a couple months in advance. And we knew about that theater through people who had done stuff there who also had worked at Brelby. So I got in contact with the head of the theater, Bill Dyer, and we you know we swapped emails and found out how we could put on this production in their space. And they've only ever done original works until now. So it was kind of a whole uh, learn-as-you-go process, not just for Jaren and I, but also for the theater itself, because we all had to figure out, how are we going to get the rights? What do we need to do to get the rights? Like, this is a whole, this is a whole nother process than, you know, somebody bringing in a script and I would like to workshop this. 
This is putting on an official production that has been sanctioned by Broadway and the musical theater, Music Theater International, TM. <laughs> so it was, that's how we went around it, you know, asking questions and just kind of learning as we go. It was a, ver- it was a very, very eye-opening process in of itself. <laughs> Just going through and, you know, figuring out how we actually do this and how theaters actually get this done. Being, you know, just two lowly individuals. <laughs> I don't know, it was just, it was, a, it was an interesting learning experience because I've done a lot of different, I've done a lot of different things and designing and directing and writing and all that kinds of stuff. It's very different when you get into the legal side of things. And that's what's really confusing. Brain deadening, I guess is the way to put it. I don't know. <laughs> So how do you feel like your experience in those other roles besides actor have influenced the way you're approaching this? I don't know. I just I try to look at things as practically as I possibly can to ensure that we're not getting ourselves into any kind of trouble or that we're not taking any wrong steps. We, uh, we asked a lot of, of our colleagues who have done this kind of thing before, what do we do, how do we do it, and when do we do it? When is the right time to? And... I'm thankful that we have a bunch of, we know a bunch of people who have done this kind of thing, who've done directing and producing and know how to put on a show. So by talking to those people, we just kind of like learned as we went and took the advice that we were given. Was there ever any talk of not yet? Let's wait and see if this happens. Maybe we're not quite ready yet for it. Or were you guys just as soon as possible? ASAP. Yeah. I was like, I want to do this. I want to put on this show. Like, as long as I'm not doing anything, it doesn't conflict with anything, let's do it. I'm just like, I'm just balls to the wall about this. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, let's go. Let's, let's get this started. Yeah. I'm, I was, I was, I was uh, the opposite, actually. <laughs> I was very much just like, all right, let's, let's figure out how we can do this. Let's do this. I want to do this, but I want to do this right. And so... <laughs> You know, we had a lot of friends who were in between and they were just, but they were very encouraging. They were just like, okay, this is how you do this. This is how you take care of this. I feel like this would be the best time to do it. We were originally, I think we're going to try and do it in like October. Yeah, yeah. October was our first uh, initial day that we wanted to do it because it seemed, it seemed right. It was before Halloween, before all of the major holidays were happening. And when we realized, oh, it's going to take us a long time to do this, and then also it got pushed to the wayside because everybody was so busy, eventually we're like, okay, group chat, we need to get this started and we need to figure out how. So what does the rehearsal process look like for you guys then? Right now, I, we're both, I feel like we're both very dedicated individuals, mm-hmm. and so whenever we go into the rehearsal room, we, we just kind of go for it you know we managed to block the show in two days in a matter of like seven hours altogether, mm-hmm. which is insane but i mean it's also really helpful when you have three people in the room just doing it so i that i'll, I'll, I'll end on that and stop right. well on my head uh that sounds about right Bad yeah yeah <laughs> so you know when you're actually like making those decisions even when it's just blocking or something like that you know i mean i think that it could potentially weigh on a director to know that you know this is you guys are producing this show. You guys are the ones who want to do this. Him stepping into that position, it, it could be something where he, he doesn't want to step on the toes of the vision that you guys have. So how do you approach that relationship of knowing that this is kind of your thing and this is your baby, but you're letting somebody in on it? Well, here's the thing: we're not very overprotective about our child. Is the whole thing. We are. <laughs> we trusted Travis to take this materials. We we literally said to him. We want you to do this. We want you to take the reins on this. Do whatever you will, and we will go ahead with it. 
Yeah, that's definitely a conversation that we had early on that we were just like, you know, we want to do this show. I felt like we wanted, on top of producing the show and making every, getting all the rights and all that kind of stuff, what we wanted to take a break on was some kind of vision. And so we let Travis take the lead on that. We talked to us about different concepts and, you know, different ways that he wanted to approach it, you know. And so that's kind of where we let him have the headache with. <laughs> and we just wanted to, we wanted to do the show for the enjoyment of doing the show. Do you feel like that added to the vibe of it being everyday professional production that you guys didn't put on? If you guys are coming into this without having the control over those kind of directorial decisions, do you think that added to an idea of you guys just being the actors being cast in this as if it were somebody else doing it? I feel so. You know, obviously we have in the back of our minds that, you know, we're producing the show and that we kind of cast ourselves to do this. But I don't think it distracts from the fact that we want to do the show as well as we possibly can you know as if we were if we had gone through the entire audition process casting call process and you know and actually got cast for the show um that's like that's the mindset that i like to take into it every uh, whenever we go in and do the work like that okay so why this show what is the connection that you guys have to this show in particular that made you both want to do it so bad for me, The Last Five Years is my favorite off-Broadway show of all time. I just love the way that it's written. I love all the music. Jason Robert Brown did some incredible composing and incredible lyrics for the show. And I got the soundtrack when I was in college. Somebody introduced me to it. I don't remember who, but I was introduced to it and I listened to it on repeat. I learned all the songs and... The great thing was that I could sing these songs. It was like all in my range. And so that also, you know, contributes to the complex. I could really do this character. It's made for me kind of thing. I'm not really a musical theater person. So this is not like a loaded question at all. But like what makes this show different than what, what makes it? You, know, you said you, you really like the composition. What, what is it about it that stands out? The musicality is, it's it's honestly like Sondheim level is what I CJ put it as. Not many, not many companies like playing this kind of this kind of music and this kind of composition. And then there's also the factor of the way that the show is written. The relationship of the two people is told from their perspective of both people. And it starts out with Kathy opening the show in the worst position of her life, the saddest that she that you're ever going to see her in the show. And she tells the story from the breakup all the way to the meeting. While it switches to Jamie's perspective, like the next song, he's starting from the beginning of the relationship when they first meet, and then they both tell the story, and he ends up at the breakup at the very end. But the most beautiful part about the show is that the characters meet right in the middle. They're never on stage at the same time until the day that... They get engaged, they get married, they commit their lives to each other. And I just think that it's a beautiful way to approach a show. And you've never seen anything like it. I certainly haven't. It's just, it's it's a beautiful show altogether, you know. When you when you look at every, everything individually, it's all really amazing. And then you put it all together, you know, the concept of it, the musicality, um, the idea of what this show kind of represents, you know, it's the fact that you, you can it's it, it shows what a real relationship can be and I think that's really interesting because I'm a person who's very based in all of my relationships not just you know romantically but with people as awkward of an individual as I am it's something that I tend I, I usually care about you know I have a very I'm very strong connection with my family and so it's the idea that this explores relationships in that way 
really kind of like struck home with me. Has there been anything, now that you're getting the show up on its feet, that has caught you off guard with the show? You know, has there been anything, I mean, I'm sure you've been thinking about this, you know, for, for years in the back of your head, how you would do it, you know, what it's going to be like if you ever did it. So what's, what's been different now that it's actually being done? How awful these characters are. <laughs> they truly are they're, terrible they're, people. They're awful, awful people. I mean, you don't usually think about that when you think of when you when you're looking at the beauty of something, and then when you're actually in it in the nitty gritty. I've just realized how awful of a person that my character is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're just a terrible. It hasn't changed my view on the show at all. It's still amazing and gorgeous, but it's just like, oh, you're just that's you. That's you right there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I get to do this. All right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, doing the show um, and actually uh, both of us like actually like getting into our characters and learning um, how their minds work. You know, we finally see like, okay, this relationship didn't work out for two reasons and it's both of these people. They just weren't meant for each other. They both clearly do things in the show that take the other off and just bring them closer and closer to the end of five years where their marriage falls apart. And... I forgot what I was going to say before that, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like it was maybe more difficult for you guys to approach these characters as you would a different one just because they've been kind of built up for you? I mean, if, if you're finally doing your dream role, do you feel like it was kind of harder to objectively approach these guys? In a way, yes, and in a way, no. For me, I thought about the way that I would play Kathy for years and years. Not in a pretentious way, but kind of in a pretentious way. So... So then, <laughs> it's okay. uh, so, so then, I mean, what you said in a way, yes, and in a way, no, that it has been um, more difficult to approach this character. So I, I, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? So you said you've been thinking about it for a really long time, how you would do it. But do you think that's maybe kind of colored the way you approach it? Now that you're actually reading the lines and stuff, you're walking in there saying, I know exactly how I would do this. And that's kind of making it provided any kind of obstacle or do you feel like it's just more comfortable for you? I mean it definitely helps having that base that I've created in my mind for this character but actually going into it you know there are some parts where I'm like oh she would do this this way instead of the way that I thought that she would kind of thing. Uh, it was definitely difficult going in there trying not to do what I always imagined that I would do as this character. I, I had to mentally prepare myself before the first rehearsal to actually to just become a blank canvas for a director to actually do these do this thing you know anytime I sometimes will find myself during rehearsal to about to do something or doing something that I imagine that I would have done as this character and then the, usually those are the things that I'll end up getting notes on and I'm like oh okay so I shouldn't do that that's that's good you know I've I've I like I said I'm, I like to try and be as open as I possibly can especially for Travis who does have his own vision well we all you know it's all a collaborative experience <laughs> so when it comes to doing big kind of shows like this these like productions that you're putting on yourself and you're putting so much of yourself into do you feel like this is a type of opportunity that you would do elsewhere or do you feel like being this kind of your in your hometown has helped kind of contribute to that that's a good question if you moved to LA would you still try and do this I don't think that we would have the same opportunities in a bigger city as we do here in central Arizona. Here being in our hometown, for me anyway, it's, you know, it's a smaller community. There's not so many people, you know, trying to do the same thing that you are and, you know, 
struggling or not struggling to have it done. So I think it's just the whole fact that it's a smaller community and a more tight-knit community that we are able to have this opportunity to put on the show. And I'm so grateful for that. (laughs) I definitely feel that we're hashtag blessed um, (laughs) by our connections that we have. You know, we're surrounded by a wonderful community and we are so lucky to have the friends that we have and who are willing to encourage and guide us through our process and doing something like this. Yeah, I love it. All right, so kind of about time to wrap up things. Uh, I'd like to ask a couple questions to everybody at the end. First off, is there any other artists in town, doesn't have to be actors, that you would want to give a shout out to? You guys can do this together or separately, <laughs> however you want to approach it. Yeah. Shout out to Brelby Theater Company, where we met. Shout out to Jason Robert Brown. Shout out to... Uh... He's, a, he's a big fan of the show. So. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I imagine so. Um, <laughs> CJ. Shout Absolutely. out to CJ and Travis. Both wonderful people. CJ who runs his own vocal lessons mm-hmm. and various other things because he's such a multi-talented person. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to that guy. And a shout out to everybody before us who has actually inspired us to... Shout out to everybody who has gone and done this thing where they have this idea, where they want to put on this show, where they have the opportunity and the means to who to uh, do this independent work and actually like go through with it. Thank you for being an inspiration. I'd like to especially say thank you to Carolyn McBurney, who is my inspiration. Okay. Any, uh, any kind of personal projects, websites, stuff that you want to plug? Obviously, this show, last five years, over at Six Cents, January 5th and 6th, mm-hmm. 7 p.m., be there. The, the date just recently changed, right? So if you yes, were thinking it was the December date, then... Yes, um, it was originally December 1st and the 2nd. Um, that did not work out, so we have pushed the show forward to uh, January 5th and 6th. It's still a Friday and a Saturday night. Um, this theater is uh, down in uh, Central Phoenix at 16th Street and McDowell, or 32nd Street and McDowell. 16th. You know better. Okay. 16th Street and McDowell. <laughs> I will confirm that. Okay. <laughs> we will have a ticketing site up very soon um, on our event page. We're probably going to have a new official event page made by the Sixth Sense Theater Company. So I-, I will be sure to share that on my personal page as well as my professional acting page and everywhere that I can to uh, tell you guys to come and see the show because you should come and see it. It's going to be a great show. Uh, and tickets are only $10. What a deal. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so last thing I'd like to ask, if uh, someone were to try and follow down the path that you guys have taken, starting off their first day today, what advice would you want to give them? Do the research. <laughs> Take your time. Uh, <laughs> and just don't lose that inspiration, that passion, that spark, whatever it is that you feel is driving you, that fire, whatever metaphor you feel is appropriate to what you are doing (laughs) just keep going and surround yourself by encouraging people yeah i concur (laughs) encourage surround yourself with inspiring people i love it all right jaren brana jarena thank you very much (laughs) thank you so much tony Special thanks to Nick Machete for writing our theme music and Taylor Machete for all of her support. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, don't forget to follow us and leave nice ratings on Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Pinecast.co. And if you or someone you know is pursuing something artistic in the Phoenix area and you'd like to be on the podcast, write to me at starvingartistsphx at gmail.com.